0: I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be sharing with you lessons I've learned and conversations I've had that will help you become who you want to be together. Everyone wins when we raise hard-working kids. By its very nature, hard work presents challenges and opportunities for growth. It requires us to improve, develop perseverance, and become better versions of ourselves. And it also contributes to the good of society. It serves others, it enriches people's lives, and in our home, it moves everyone forward. Now, kids aren't naturally born hardworking, but as parents, we can eliminate the things in our home that prevent them from developing this vital character trait. Today, I'm here with my friends, Elise Daley-Parker and Jess Carey to talk more about how to raise hardworking kids. But first, I have a question for you. Do you want to know what your kids really think about you and family life? Before you say, heck no, let me explain. I hear from so many of you, That you are so busy surviving that your days blur into months and even years. You think that you're doing okay, but quite honestly, you're not sure if you're on the right track. I can totally relate because that's the way I felt a few years back. I wondered, how are my husband and I doing as parents? Is there something that our kids need from us that we're not providing? And are we loving them well? I also wondered, when I'm not around... Does my kids' behavior reflect our family's mission and values? And do our kids even know our values? To get the answers to these questions, I needed an easy way to slow down and connect with my people. And guess what? I found one. I created a 360 peer review for our family, and I planned a family retreat. My husband and I were blown away by how helpful it was to get honest feedback on how we were doing as a family. And with what we've learned, we were able to take actionable steps to improve our life together. Now, if you're thinking, well, that sounds great to me, but that feels like a ton of work. I have got exciting news for you. I took everything I learned and I put it into a family retreat packet for you. It includes discussion sheets, sample itineraries, a packing list, and fun activities. Just go to buildyourbestfamily.com forward slash resources to find out more and get your copy. Everybody, I'm here with Elise Daly Parker and Jess Carey to talk about how to raise a hardworking kid. But first, I'm going to ask my friends what tip, trick, or product is making your mom life easier right now? Who wants to go first?
1: Okay. I will go first because I am loving using my Do Not Disturb on my iPhone right now. It's like my go to. I'm like, you know what? I need to do something right now. Do not disturb. And I just tell it to be quiet. It's amazing.
2: That's awesome. I love that. It's so funny. I see it all the time. How do you do that?
1: Um, Okay. Hold on. We'll do a little tech thing, right? On your iPhone, your settings, right? You go to your settings, and then there's a little like moon that says focus. Click on focus, do not disturb us at the top. You click on it, you turn it on. That's it. And basically it mm-hmm. silences all your notifications. Oh, that's awesome. And
2: you can uh, do it on your computer too. So when you stop, okay. Yep, up the, the, the stuff that pops mm-hmm. up on the right. Wow. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. heard about it, but I didn't know how to do it. That's, that's awesome.
0: And then if you have an iPhone, you can see who has that, their, not, their notifications silenced. I've seen
2: that. I've seen that. say that's to what... my,
0: my kids, notify them anyways.
2: Yeah. I don't know what it
0: does, but it makes him
2: like I do that with big. my my sister. <laughs> and I do it with my sister partially because I think she forgets that she has it on. Because she's no. like texted me something. Yeah. And yeah. then I, I go to text her back and I get that notification. But I think i That's like good. She always has it on. I'm like, always?
0: Always really? <laughs> you know, mine is set, mine's set for the evenings and it's set and like while well, I'll turn it on for the podcast. Yeah.
2: Um okay. Yeah. So so my question for you guys is when you're saying notifications. Like I get the computer part. What about on your phone? What kinds of notifications do you get?
1: Oh, I get way texts. more on my phone. Yeah, yeah. texts, messages, okay. pings from Instagram. Yeah, you know the latest news reel that I get the decides news stuff to more. pop in. Yeah, okay. I just right. don't want to hear any of it, especially yeah. right now.
0: I'm like, no, silence. I know. Okay. I have a couple apps that I have notifications for, not a lot. I've mostly turned them off. I've I read somewhere productivity tip. Yeah, mm-hmm. turn them off, and so Makes sense. Yeah.
2: All right. What about you, Elise? So mine is find my, um, on my iPhone. Um, one of my daughters recently moved and, um, I, 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 she's, she's not, you know, not married or anything. So I, I'm, I'm being careful cause I'm like, I don't want anybody following her, but, um, I know where she is now. And she knows that I, obviously I have adult children. So it just makes me feel better to be able to like, okay, that's where she is. She's good. Um, yeah. So I never used anything like that. I know you guys have more of that tracker stuff with your kids, which didn't even exist. Um, so this this is helpful to me. I like it. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I recently had my mother-in-law turn hers on for us and then my good mom idea. and then vice versa, yes. just because from the standpoint of like... We need to know where they are and they might need to know where we are. And yeah. yeah.
2: And it's a simple thing and Mm -hmm. it's not invasive at all. So yeah, I I like that. That's giving me some peace. No,
0: I joke around like the first two weeks, my daughter was at campus. I would, um, at college, I would check then I'm like, stop working mistake. Like don't check 10 o'clock on a Friday night to see your daughters (laughs) on like fraternity row. Like just why are you (laughs) looking and seeing that you don't need to know where she is. So I don't, I don't really track her. I will, I will go in and see if she's in class and then I won't call her. Yeah. That's really the only reason I use it for. Yeah. um, So that I know what she's doing and I'm not going to bother her while she's at the library or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Uh, Yeah. So I'm going to go along with you guys um, with with tech, um, and so this is something I've been using for a long time. So it's not necessarily like a new thing, but just syncing up iCalendar and giving everybody their own color. And Mm. so when we do, you know, family meetings, or when I add things to the calendar, I know exactly whose it is. And I've taught my kids, like, so my kids are old enough that I can drop them off at the orthodontist. And then they have made their appointment before they leave and I pick them up. And so I say, make sure that goes in the calendar. And I want you to pick your, you know, make sure you pull your drop down and they do it like when they get their lacrosse schedule, or they have a meeting after school that I don't, that I need to be aware of, um, I have them put it in their calendar so that it syncs with mine. And I
2: know exactly where everybody has to be. Yeah. That's awesome. Instead of you running the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. Great. And,
1: and Kimberly, your each of your kids has like their own like color or mm-hmm. whatever on your yeah. calendar. Yeah. Mm, that's what I, I did that too. I, my kids are just a tiny bit young, I mm-hmm. think. So, I mean, they have their own email. Mm-hmm. They can, you know, do that, but it's kind of like, I have to prompt them say, I need you to add all your things to your calendar so that I know, you know, when I'm supposed to be chauffeuring you somewhere, basically. Right, yeah. Yeah. but if
2: if you do that now, when they get older, they will do it. You know, it's one of those things where you develop the habit now and they might not do it perfectly, but eventually they'll have it, they'll be doing it. Yeah,
0: and most of these sports calendars, like if you sign up with a club team or even the school team, there's like sites that you go to that you click on something and it'll upload their entire schedule to your your iCal so that you don't have to... (laughs) You know, manually. Amazing. I mean, I had the days when you get the printout, yes, and then you'd upload <laughs> it manually like upload sure. it. And so we don't, you know, I'm teaching yeah. them how to, to do that and to simplify and to yeah. My sister still
1: has like a whiteboard in her kitchen and she writes everything down um, for the family. Yeah. But I think that's also because she has littles and there's like a lot of people her son is 16 but then she has you know littles and so it's kind of like everybody knows yeah. where everybody's supposed to be
2: yeah um, i mean honestly yeah. it's you know it i suppose it will change but i had a big giant calendar with color coding and i loved it yeah and i'm not sure i would i probably would still do that because it's my um you know that's where I, that's just where i come from i yeah. like Things in front of me. Yeah. And I
0: still have like an analog, right? Calendar where I write everything out, even though it's on my computer week by week. The only reason I don't have a big calendar is anymore is because when we did our renovation to our kitchen and we did a little addition or a big addition, um, (laughs) I didn't have any place to put it. That made sense. It didn't like ruin-
2: yeah, your aesthetic. Right.
0: Yeah, right. Yes. Like before, I had a little nook and and <laughs> exactly we created yes. a charging station, but the the calendar yeah. doesn't quite fit like I thought it would, and so I'm like, all right, there goes the calendar.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I had I remember when I was when we redid our kitchen, we had the nook and we built a whole gigantic framed bulletin board. Oh, so yeah. that's where it would it's go, like a command mm-hmm. station. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Every home needs that. That you know what that could I be like it. a side topic. how to build central command in your home
2: yes (laughs) Yes. absolutely absolutely future
1: episode folks that's coming soon okay (laughs) i will not be on that call that is not my forte
2: (laughs) it's it's well i know it's kimberly's um yeah totally and i i succeeded in a few areas um but Probably adopted it a little late. Yeah. <laughs> That's
1: all right. That's all right. Um, Elise, I have to notice, are those vision boards behind you? They
2: are. Those are my vision Eesh. boards. Yes. Those are crazy town. This is these are three older ones. Wow. I love and it. This is this is my most recent one because my word of the year is free. Can you oh. see it?
1: I can't see the word, but I I noticed it. But oh, there yes. I can. Now I can.
2: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and it's awesome. uh,
1: free. Love it.
2: Yeah. So, you know, that is definitely one of the ways I'm coaching these days and I'm loving it. I just love it. It's great. That's great.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So today I want to talk about getting our kids to be hard working. So I definitely, um, I have older children, which I've talked we've talked about before, and I'm seeing certain things in them. And I'm wondering, like, how it came to be that they have certain traits that they have. And mm. this is one of them. Why does my son, why is he more motivated sometimes than say one of my daughters or mm. why, you know, one of my prayers and moms of prayer has always been like light a fire under their booty. Like, <laughs> can you Dear get them Jesus. to take initiative? <laughs> can you get them to take ownership?
1: Can you get no. them to want to work? <laughs> um, and so,
2: Hey, that's a good prayer. <laughs> every,
1: every mom <laughs> listening right now is like, yes and amen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and I do think prayer works. I think it's nope. very powerful. But I also think that
0: there's things that we do in our home that either create a culture of hardworking, work ethic, taking initiative, or we have a culture in our home that undermines that. And yeah. so in today's episode, um, you know, in, in light of looking for what works, I've identified what doesn't work or <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> what
1: prevents <laughs> that. You're like, what works? Well, I know what doesn't work. Let's <laughs> yeah. talk about that. Let's talk about that. And All right, forget we're it. Not what
2: works, this, what doesn't work.
0: <laughs> yeah. While we're talking about that, let's talk about the flip of it and what it might look like. Because um, I do think that um, if we flip it and we consider what it is that we want to create
1: We can figure out, like, we can work backwards and figure out what can get us there. Um, Yeah, true. Let's reverse engineer this hardworking motivation thing. Okay. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) I think we're going to hear out lots of.
0: Well, it's true. It's kind of like,
2: it's a lot of what I think you do, Kimberly, with Build Your Best Family. It's like, you want to know what the end goal is, because if you don't, you can't get to it. And again, that's something that I've been very clear about recently with my work, too. It's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you know, the vision thing is all about knowing what it is you want. Call it what you want vision, goals, mm-hmm. dreams, mm-hmm. plans. You have to know what you're shooting for. I love that quote um, If you aim for nothing, you'll hit it every time. Mm. Yeah. Come right? on at least I mean, it's such a I've good one. I've heard that before, but I love it. It is a good one. I love yeah. it. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: All right. So while we were talking to prepare for this episode, we had a few conversations and we threw some ideas around and that's what we're going to share with you, our listeners today. So, um, I'm going to start us off with the first one. One of the things I think is undermines and prevents us from having hardworking kids is the tech culture we live in. Mm -hmm. Um, and so as we go over these ladies at any point, jump in and give your feedback on these, but, um, Something I know from years of talking with experts on my podcast. And, you know, I think I think most people know this by now is that these phones and these devices that we have, they create dope, they they cause us to release dopamine. Mm-hmm. And dopamine increases what it does is it increases us or inspires us to take action to meet our needs and desires. And often this is associated with cravings, with gambling, with addiction. Um, and it, it's what drives us to search for that gratification, right? And and these examples are very negative that I just gave, but it is, it is what causes us to get off the couch, out of the house, take risks, you know, treasure hunt, seek for the good. Um, but our kids and us, because uh, like we're all using the, these devices, um, we're getting that high and that fill from these devices. Like we're literally... Getting dumbed down, and I think our kids. What I've seen with my kids is that they it's they become accustomed to getting that dopamine hit on their phone instead of going out and exploring, and climbing on trees and mm. taking risks and looking to do something besides just nothing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> except except think? manufactured <laughs> dopamine by by being pinged all day mm-hmm. long, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's 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 a tough one. Um, I mean, I certainly think we're all dealing with that level of distraction, right? But we, we just talked about that, how we've got to monitor ourselves uh, because mm-hmm. otherwise we're going to be um, constantly interrupted. So it's no different for our children. And in fact, even more so because their minds are less formed. I mean, when you exactly. think about that, it really is a travesty. I hate to say it, but it mm-hmm. is. It's like, they're being robbed of their oh my gosh, their very minds, their yeah. thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's being taken over by this manic stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, I mean, honestly, guys, you are dealing with it so much more than I did. So, what are you doing about it? I mean, I know Kimberly, we've talked a little bit about some of the ways you've monitored your kids. Um, Jess, we've talked about some of that too. Um mm-hmm. in separate conversations. So Like what, what do you do to curtail that? Um, And and Kimberly, I guess your theory is that this is taking away from their desire to actually work and the rewards Mm -hmm. of work, which Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's dopamine involved in working and doing a good job as well. So, I mean, what I I don't, I honestly. um, Yeah. Just
0: go ahead. Besides some of the things that you've talked about in the past help you yeah. monitor. What are you doing about tech and usage?
1: Well, I mean, other than what I've already shared, not a whole lot, but I do have, um, some friends that they're able to literally shut off the device and the entire Wi-Fi to the house remotely, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know? And so, I, I mean, honestly, it's like, okay, yeah, my kids are addicted to their phones and we know that, and it's whatever. But it's like, just shut it off. You're the adult.
2: Just shut it Mm -hmm. off. And it's
1: like, Mm -hmm. they can just continue to lay there like a lump on the couch, of course. But they won't. But they they won't. won't. Like, eventually they'll be like, oh my gosh, there's nothing to do. And eventually (laughs) that frustration will lead them to something else. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what we've found when we've just taken devices. We haven't necessarily shut off Wi-Fi to the house Mm because I haven't gotten that. I haven't even called my provider. Like, can I do that? Yeah, sure you I can not. do that I'll with our pact. Up. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, see, there you go. Look at that. Yeah, listeners. you can shut you down like individual. Yeah, <laughs> you can shut down
0: individual devices. You can yeah. shut down certain kinds of apps on their phone versus others.
1: Yeah. So, like, you
0: turn off the gaming one and social media ones, but you can leave like the calendar and the messaging yeah. app on and the calculator and the whatever else they would need for school.
2: Yeah. Okay. That I, I just I want to say that that. What I'm seeing happening, and again, I've been in this game longer, this game of life, um, because I was with dinner out to dinner with young moms like you guys last night, and they were talking about all these monitoring systems and ways of shutting down. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, thank God, because when it started with us, we didn't know what the heck to do. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was yeah. It was becoming out of our control so quickly. And I remember there were seminars in the schools, police would come in to talk about you know, how kids can be followed and all this scary Oh, yeah, stuff,
1: tracked and all this is, kind of crazy stuff. Which is
2: still true. But mm-hmm. again, like you guys are now on this next wave of, okay, this has gotten out of hand. Now we've got to control it. And Jess, I like what you said, and I think it's really important. And I know you guys are, are live this way with your children. We are the adults. Mm-hmm. We are in charge. I think parents can forget that and get caught up in the tide of, what's popular, what everybody's doing. And we need to step out and say, what is going to be the best thing for my child? So I go back to my old fashioned thing, which is we got rid of cable. Mm -hmm. We did what we had to do in our home to control the influences that were coming into our home. Did it mean that my children could watch something at, at somebody else's house? Yes. Was it one of those things where it was like, we're not allowed to have to, not at all. It Mm. it happened at such a young age. We made this decision when my daughter Farrell was three years old. Wow, She's the oldest of my children. Lauren, my stepdaughter was 11. Part of the reason I got rid of cable. And then, so my children grew up without cable and which now of course, Cable's archaic, but you know what I'm talking about. Mm Sure, sure. Hulu and all these things. Fubo and whatever it is. Hulu and all those things. Well no, there's Fubo TV too. F-U-B-O-TV. Okay. So I don't, I don't, I don't know how to use all those things. So maybe someday I'll figure it out. Anyway, the point is I love the
1: story though, Elise. I we got rid of it.
2: And so we didn't have to fight with it anymore. And Mm -hmm. I absolutely No, and especially after going through these questions, Kimberly, that you asked us, I'm like, that was magic for our family, because Mm -hmm. my children actually are adults, and they are hardworking. And I do not worry about that part of them. And I think it's I think that was one of the big decisions that we made that was a hard decision that was against the grain. I mean, it was like people were like, what? Are you crazy? Yeah.
1: How could and you do that to your kids? That's what I hear all the time. Oh, how could you do that? And, and it's like, like, how
2: could I do that? I've actually given them a life that's mm-hmm. more interesting because they did have to figure out how to yeah. entertain themselves or go outside. Or we didn't have Xbox; we had none of that stuff. Yeah. And um, again, I, I kind of made the decision. Speaking of, you know, I looked at somebody else who made the decision. My friend Cindy Foster; she got it out of her house, and I was like. She can do it. I can do it, and that's God that's bless really Cindy Foster. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I've had I think I've had cable now for five or six years. That's all.
1: Wow. How do you
2: our, like it, Elise? Our, that's our what kids I were know. our kids were mad at us when we got it. They're like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> you caved!" And we never got it. Um, how do I like it? I I still feel like there's nothing on. It. I gotta get better at. at t- I'm not a good TV watcher. I gotta get better yeah. at it. I mean, I don't really. I don't really <laughs> I have to, to aspire to, get, to it. I, to, yeah. I mean, like I, I think it would be fun to catch on to some of these shows. Mm-hmm. But I'm very picky. I, I I don't like violence, and I don't like sex in my face, and so that eliminates ninety yeah, percent of the shows sure. that people tell me are so, so great. So we'll
1: have so. to do a pop culture convo and get
0: some Ooh, good, yes. sort of shows and what we yeah yeah we
1: should do friends talking family with all of us Mm -hmm. and it's like trivia Mm -hmm. that would be epic to see what we actually knew I would I would fail on lots of things (laughs) um but I might know some interesting fact about random stuff you right, know, exactly. I'm like a total nerd, like just like what? The 13th century, <laughs> the mathematician, you know? Oh my God. <laughs> These are the things that I would know. So <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Um, well, another, you, go ahead. So go ahead, Kim. I, I was going to say, I love that, Elise, that you made that choice uh, because I think that gives us, the younger generation, permission to do a similar sort of radical thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. There are, I do have friends that refuse to get their children smartphones and they're in high school. I mean, I feel for those kids, honestly, cause I'm like, okay, do they have a dumb phone at least? Like, can they <laughs> text someone? I don't know. Um, but I feel like that is what it takes. It's like this radical oh. culture choice in your home that develops in these kids, the critical thinking skills that, you know, that dopamine hit doesn't give them.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, the, the quote, um, scarcity is the mother of invention. Mm. Like that's what we need to think about with regards to tech. It's like, okay, scarcity. When I take that away, then my kids are going to get inventive. They're going to find something to do to entertain themselves. They're going to, you know, and, and most of the time I will tell you a story. We did a similar thing with my daughter when we were on our, we did a six week RV trip, um, in the past in the summer. Yeah. And the days where we took her phone away, she would hate me for saying this by the way, but uh, the days that we took it away and we said, you don't need it. We're going to be, you know, out and about in the wilderness. You're not even going to be able to talk to anybody. So just leave it. Were our best days. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. They were the days where she wasn't like constantly asking what are my friends are doing? Like, I need to send a picture. Ooh, look at me selfie on the hilltop, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And she just, enjoyed and she had a conversation with us and she laughed and she was way more agreeable so any mamas that are out there and you're dealing with like the volatility of raising teenagers you know do something radical take their phone away not not in an aggressive way like I think sometimes we do that as a punishment yeah so maybe we should reframe taking tech away as actually we're just trying to give you a break and give you the opportunity to explore Mm -hmm. some other things Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think that's I mean, again we did not make our decision to punish anybody. No they were too young to even feel that. Lauren yeah. felt it a little bit. Um but it was really about um protecting. Mhm. Yeah. That was really what it was about.
0: Yeah. You anyway, know and as my kids have gotten older and I really haven't been able to shut the internet down in my house cuz as yeah. they got to certain ages I had to be like okay like I can't keep treating them like children cuz they're not children. Yeah. Um and I, uh, you know, I had one daughter who, she was now 18. So am I going to monitor her phone? And then I had one that's 16. And we talked about this too, that she found all the tricks. Yeah. So it didn't matter what I had on her phone. Um. And so I finally had to give up with it, give up on those sort of limiting devices. But what I have found, and I've even run into this recently, is that it is a little bit of extra work on my part, but I need to engage with them and pull them out of whatever Mm -hmm. it is that they're doing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah, my daughter's perfectly content in her room watching videos on her phone, but like, I need to stop what I'm doing and go up and say, Hey, you want to go for a walk? Or Mm -hmm. you want to go get your nails done? Or, Hey, tell Mm -hmm. me about your day. Um, You know, even recently, like me and my girls, we had an opportunity to hang out together and we sat and we watched TV and I'm like, guys, we missed a, amazing opportunity to just do a few things together, but we just got sucked in and we chose what was easy over, you know, getting up and moving around and doing something. We were actually engaging with one another. And so I realized that Mm. as a parent, there's still a part for me to play in, um, shaping culture, like being the one, to take the first step and showing them, Hey, there's so much more to do than Mm -hmm. to just sit here. And even when I want to be comfortable and I don't want to put any effort into it, that effort is going
1: to pay off. Yeah.
2: So important.
1: What you're touching on there too, is the idea of motivation. And I think Mm -hmm. that that getting our kids to be hard workers, to have a work ethic has so much to do with, motivation. Yeah. You know, it's like a motivated person can do almost anything. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. It's it's when we have this demotivated, lazy, apathetic. Attitude. Mm-hmm. That's when we just sit on the phone and we're like, "Well, it'll just takes you know these seconds on my phone
2: scrolling for hours." Right. These you seconds know? for hours. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's exactly exactly. It. You're like, oh, I'm just look
1: for five seconds. It's and like, exactly true. Later, oh my right. gosh,
2: so yeah. scary. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think that's it's it's really. Oh, I was listening to um, Mel Robbins, and she was talking about I think it's called reticular activation system. It's part of our brain. And it is literally like what you're describing, Jess, is we have a mechanism in our brain, the way our brain works. It's that survival mode thing. And so even, Kimberly, when you guys made that decision, you went with the path of least resistance. It's the easiest thing to do. Mm -hmm. As soon as we make a decision to do something that's outside of our comfort zone, our resistance Neurons start pounding around, going no, no, don't do anything that's not going to make you feel good. And so it's kind of—I think that's one way to understand it for ourselves, but also to explain it to our kids. It's like I get it; I don't want to move off the couch either. But really, it's—it's just our brains saying no. We're going to have a great time if we do X, Y, and Z. So it's kind of there's so much to that. that it's important to understand it because it's Mm -hmm. kind of like, again, you know, we might feel like our phones are great kids, but actually what they're doing is numbing our brains. Like, do we want numb brains? I don't think they do.
1: Yeah. You know, that's really good, Elise. I love that you're saying like, we need to explain to our kids. I was actually thinking about this, um, even from the vantage point of like earning a do nothing time. Right. Mm -hmm. When we work, we earn vacation time. Mm -hmm. So, why couldn't we, you know, speak, talk to our kids, like inform them about here are some do nothing activities that will actually still fill you, you know, will fill your soul, Mm -hmm. will, you know, fill your body. And how do you earn that time? Well, you earn that time by doing chores around the house or, you know, whatever. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I grew up in a household where chores were like, non-negotiable, you know, yeah, you, which you, I think is great. You lived in a home. You didn't live in a hotel. <laughs> so <laughs> my dad and mom were very, you know, restrict about that. It's like, if you live here, you're going to contribute here. Mm-hmm. And that's the mentality and the culture that I've taken on in my home as well. Mm-hmm. And I've talked about that many times. It's like, no, you have a job here. This is, we all live here. We all support one another. And I think that carries over my children, and this is feedback that I've gotten from other parents and like their leaders and stuff at youth group and church and things like that. Your kids are so helpful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm not there overseeing it, telling them like, go pick that up, go do this. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just seeing. But you probably
2: them. have been.
1: <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> you know, in the
1: back of their head, they're like, in
2: your own home, you, you, you probably taught them that.
1: Well, for sure, you know it's yeah. like, hey, don't you see that the uh, trash is overflowing? Can you uh, <laughs> take that out to the curb? That would be great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I think that's modeling work, right, Kim? Yeah. You, were, you were talking about modeling, and I, I would love to hear what you have to say about when we, how we can in our homes model solid work ethic that then sort of translates.
0: Yeah. Well, we can talk about that. I also, I'm going to go back to what you said about motivation, because I think they work hand in hand. So this idea of motivating our children to do work, it is much different than manipulating them into doing mm-hmm, work. Mm-hmm. And so I did do a blog post a while back that I can link to. Um, and I was, and honestly, it was a podcast that I listened to from Craig Rochelle and he talked about the difference between manipulation and motivation. Yes, and you can hand great. out candy and promises to make your team, your employees, your children do work or you can inspire them and motivate them and encourage them and reward them and make them feel like they're a part of a team. Yes, we wanna stay on top of them because we are training them and we're gonna walk them through again and again (laughs) (laughs) and again (laughs) what they need to do. But if it becomes something where it's nagging and manipulative and we're being passive aggressive, um, trying to shame them or get them to pitch in or do more or be more, um, we're not gonna have kids that are gonna work hard for the sake of working hard for right. the, and and the, and they're never going to work and get a fulfillment from their work. They're never going to work and see their goals met. They're not going to put their mind and hands and time to something and succeed in it. They're not going to get that that dopamine hit if they're mm-hmm. always being manipulated and they think that they need to be doing it from a place of like if I don't do this I'm going to get in big trouble mm-hmm. or if I don't do this, you know, you
2: know, whatever. Yeah, like the the punishment there. kind yeah. of way of of presenting it it's like it's not a it's not a, you're not being punished when you mm-hmm. have to take the garbage out you're just this is just what we do this is mm-hmm. how we work together yeah. there's lots of things to do that's your part for today you know yeah
1: okay, full disclosure I am the shame shame i'm a name a mama when it comes to <laughs> chores um so Please forgive me all listeners. I have, I don't get it right. I'm sure we've all oh, but, done it. Yeah. But the the truth is, is that we actually really champion, uh, our kids when they make choices on their own. So, you know, it's like, we're not having to drive and motivate them and they just decide to do it. Alex and I, we threw a party. We're like, <laughs> where are the streamers and megaphone? Because you know, Truman got the trash out on time. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. But that's great. That's a perfect yeah. example of motivating instead of manipulating. It's like yeah. this: is, we're going to celebrate you because you did, you took initiative, and you did did yeah. the thing. I think that that's responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's initiative. It's yeah. all good stuff.
1: I just mm-hmm. want to say it's hard.
2: Okay? Yeah, this is it, not, is
1: it is not easy.
2: <laughs> no, it's easier uh, not to do it. Easier to do it yourself. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So Um, I want to ask in your homes. So my husband and I both, we, we could probably in our different spheres be called workaholics. So our, our children are always seeing us do and, mm -hmm. you know, build and grow. And even though I don't work outside the home, I'm always working in some capacity. So I would like to know, like, how can we model a better balance? I don't think Like Mm -hmm. I'm saying, I don't think I'm very good at it. So there is a balance of rest and work. Mm -hmm. Um, How do we do both, but still, like like you said, inspire our kids to have a strong work ethic?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think like, so there's a difference between resting and getting the filling up that we need. And then there's the doing nothing for the sake of doing nothing, going back to the tech thing where it's like, you know, you work hard all week. And did you really mean to watch 12 episodes on Netflix of that show that is only mediocre? Any Like anyways.
1: <laughs> so and it, Very you know, mediocre yeah. at best.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like, did I just watch a whole season of that show? Because <laughs> I don't even, yeah.
1: I, I love should, that your most mediocre Netflix binge that you've ever watched that when you finished your 12 hours, you were like, I was robbed. (laughs) I know. I know.
0: And you're like, Oh, you know, and I've heard it equated to um, I think it like eating tons of junk food, Mm -hmm. right? Like you think you want it and you eat all that you want of it. And then you feel sick to your stomach afterwards. Mm -hmm. And so that's this, and then as opposed to eating something that's really healthy for you that you enjoy then you feel full, but you don't feel like a slug.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: So, you know, that's kind of the difference between rest and, um, you know,
1: just doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think, I think sharing with our kids too, like, um, our goals like why we're working mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know what we are trying to achieve with the time that we have yeah helps them start to formulate in their own minds like what they want to start to accomplish you know i, I my kids don't want to do their homework it's like okay for real i didn't want to do my homework when i was growing up either but <laughs> the the end goal and we try to help craft a vision for mm-hmm. that, it's like, yeah, nobody likes to learn how to do algebra. It just is not fun. But what algebra will do for you is develop in you some critical thinking skills. It'll help you take some unknown elements and go searching for those in a mm-hmm. certain way. Mm-hmm. So it actually trains your brain to think a little bit differently. That's why you're learning algebra. Now, don't you want to be able to, when you're an adult... If you've got two sides of the equation, you've got two bar- variables and you don't know what the other one is, don't you want to have a strategy to go find that? And just you've just like-
0: answered the age old question of why do I need to take this math class if I'll never <laughs> use math again? Right. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you.
2: You're welcome world.
0: <laughs> yes, you
1: guys, everybody took algebra for this reason. You're so <laughs> welcome. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, but the, I think it's like, Elise, you you have adult children that are motivated and that are working in the world. And I love that we kind of
2: shared before this that they're working in non-traditional very sort much of so. roles. I mean, not all of them, but yes. Yeah. They're entrepreneurial, very mm-hmm. entrepreneurial because that's mm-hmm. what they saw.
1: But I? I, that's what I want you to talk about because I think that's important that, you know, just having someone who will go to a nine to five you know, whatever, which we need those people too. Please of like course. hear me out. Of course. We need all the different varieties, but in our homes, let's, let's rip the box open and say, okay, how do we get our kids to be motivated to work regardless of what it looks like? Yeah. So
2: Elise, least well, we to were you. saying we're, we're using some good sayings tonight. And one of them is what is it? Um Necessity is a mother of invention. So, you know, I mean, honestly, the way we worked came out of necessity. Um I first of all, I I just I always worked now. I never thought I would be a mother, a working mother. Funny enough, I worked for Working Mother magazine, but I just didn't I I couldn't wait to have my children and be home and just like make that what my life was. But it didn't work out that way at all. Uh, partially because I actually wanted to do more, which again was Big surprise to me. So I did freelance work with the company that I'd worked for for years, HBO. Then I became a childbirth educator. Then I ran, I was state coordinator of Moms in Prayer. And then I went back to editing. Like that's my track. I never didn't work. Did I set out to model that? Not at all. Was I like a champion for working moms? I wasn't. Again, I thought my greatest desire was just to be home with them. And I found. There are things I can do that are flexible, that really fill me up and make me um, have, give me something that I have, in addition to raising my family and taking care of my home, that I love. And so I think that modeled something I didn't even mean to, to model. Meantime, my husband did work in very much of a nine-to-five job in a big, big eight accounting firm. I think there's three now, but there were big eight back in the day. <laughs> And he was a marketing director. And, oh, well, he got hit by a car and had traumatic brain injury. So he lost his full-time nine-to-five job. Mm-hmm. Now what? Well, my husband, because of the way he's made, he was like, the, the thing he wanted to do, he went back for, to work. It didn't work out. It's a work mm-hmm. trial thing. But the thing that he wanted to do most was work again. Wow. So, he did crazy, like he did things, crazy jobs, not really crazy, but they were teaching jobs and he would drive places and he would get lost. And it was a very scary time, but, <laughs> but that that desire to work hard was in my husband and my children certainly saw it in whatever mm. way we did not set out to teach it. We did not, you know, we did not mm-hmm. even think about it. We did things that were necessary to do for him, you know. Working was everything to him. Now he didn't wow. have his job and really felt terrible about not being able to go back to his job. So he was determined to find something else. And that's when he got back into teaching. And that's what he still does today. So wow. and, and out of that came, you know, honestly miraculous things. So you know, he teaches um creative thinking now. He loves it. And he is an amazing creative thinking teacher. And he also works with seniors and does some of that too. My kids have seen this whole thing. Right. You know what I mean? They don't miss a trick. Right. So they've watched this in their own unconscious, subconscious ways. And really, again, when when Kimberly, when you first said we were going to talk about this, I literally was like, I'm not sure what I'm going to talk about because I, I, I have these older children, 27 to 44. They're all working. They're all independent, et cetera. Yeah. I'm not sure how that happened. But then yeah. when I thought about it, I, I realized we really modeled it without intending to. Yeah. I do. I do want to say, Jess, I definitely have that um, workaholic part of me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do, you know, we were talking about what we pass on to our kids. I do think I passed on particularly to my oldest, my 33 year old, because she, because I learned as I went. Yeah. She's the one who has that feeling of never enough. Ooh, and yeah. I should be, not not that she's not enough. No, no, I, but, I understand what you're but saying. But that yeah. she's never doing enough. And right. if she's doing this, maybe she should be doing that instead, which again comes with flexible work. She has her own yeah. tax prep business, but which is very yeah. flexible, but very concentrated. Sure. So again, like, you know, I, I passed on some of the stuff that was um, not helpful and that she's had to work on not doing. <laughs> Um, but again, but, but, you know, oh, well, I mean, I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) So I wanted to ask you, Kim, because Elise brought up something like, you know, she, she has this, they both loved to work. Yeah. (laughs) What about couples that maybe one loves to work and the other one is like modeling couch surfing? Yeah. Yeah. How do you deal with well, that? I,
0: I think, yeah, what you're touching on <laughs> is like our attitude towards work. Right. So like, yeah. what is the attitude towards work in the home? And clearly your husband, Elise, like he wanted to work. Like he, mm-hmm. they, your kids were able to see the contrast of a man who was unable to work and really wanted to work who he, he, and, and this kind of, um, this kind of goes, touches on two of our points that I want to talk about, you know, a wrong attitude work and a lack of purpose. He, that purpose getting out to work gave him purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, uh, growing up work to me was just part of what you did. Right. So, and I'm talking about like, whether it was a job. So there's like your attitude towards your job. So what, what attitude are you bringing home? Are you always coming home and complaining about the work you do? outside right. the home. Right. Wow. That's so, so good. There's that attitude. So if, if the only thing you do when you come home every night from work is vent about work, even though you think you're just venting to your wife, your kids mm-hmm. hear you. I mean, even your wife hears you and she's like, all right, already."
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, all um, right, already. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> well, because it's, it's easy for your conversations to always revolve around what you didn't like or what frustrated yeah. about you. Yeah in your work, that especially day, at the end of, the day, right? of you a day of a busy work yes. day. So if that becomes a habit, you're, you're creating that atmosphere in your home. And then there's that other layer of the work that you do inside the home. So if, as, mm-hmm. if, as a stay-at-home mom, I'm always moaning about mm-hmm. the dishes mm-hmm. or the laundry or mm-hmm. taking out the trash, or, or even if I'm a working mom, <laughs> right.
2: Just I'm like space. guilty, guilty.
1: Guilty
0: um, as charged, <laughs> right? If, if the things that we are doing that make up like our everyday life, if we're constantly complaining about that, what we're doing without even knowing it. And whether you're working inside the home or outside the home is we're creating an atmosphere where anytime we have to lift a finger, it's a negative thing. Anything we right. have to do something that takes us off the couch. It's a negative thing. It's like anything a punishment. that yeah. Anything like if, it, if we have to clean out the garage this weekend, oh, you know, yeah, and I'm like, yeah. let's clean out the garage. Like, <laughs> let's get rid of some of this stuff. We can do this. We can do this or let's do a garden. Well, oh, garden is like work, you know, and me. I'm like, it's not really work. It's so much fun. We get to do this. We can sit and we can talk. We can play some music like like we can make like to me. It's just it's just the mechanics of our life and to frame it so that anything that causes us to put forth effort is a pain in our butts. Mm-hmm. It, it's like we start to create, like we, the, our kids pick up on that attitude. And then what happens is we make an idol out of doing nothing. And everything mm-hmm. we do is so that we can get to that time of day where we can just do
2: nothing. Yeah, I can and just be relax. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, tough. And then
0: our that's weekends tough. become like, well, I work all week, but well, why do I have to do? And you're, and you're like, you're framing it in a negative way. And mm-hmm. that's not the goal, like is to not do work. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and it can become very easily our goal. So I think, I think there's a lot there. That's a lot to unpack. That's almost a whole episode. That's a bunch of coaching sessions. Like, are you doing, (laughs) are you doing work you love? Yeah. What are the lies that you believe about work? Yes. What can you change and do differently? Yes. You know, what is what is what do you want your kids to believe about work and how can you model that? I mean, that's Mm -hmm. a whole nother thing, Mm -hmm. but our attitude really does trickle down to our kids. And so if you do, if you have a spouse that has a different attitude than you, now what are you gonna do? Mm -hmm. Like, are you gonna are you gonna be the thermostat or are you gonna be the thermometer? Are you gonna bring your joy of work, (laughs) you know, into your home? Or are you gonna let like the one that's on the couch. You're going to, are Maybe you going to let Johnny downer <laughs> over there?
1: He, you're like, Nope, sorry. Yeah. I, I love that you're, you're touching on to this like attitude of gratitude, mm-hmm. you know, that is, we all know like p- thankful people are happy people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thankful people are successful people. Mm-hmm. And so if we can frame our work as opportunities growth opportunities, mm-hmm. learning opportunities, success opportunities like all the things then i think our kids start to get this idea like oh you know when i do these things then i'm going to have a fuller life I- i'm going to have mm-hmm. a, a i'm going to have more chances to explore and see the world and all that kind of thing you know my husband had a job where he traveled 250,000 miles a year and so Clearly, we did not see very much of him. Mm-hmm. So I hated that job. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he he is a very grateful person. I will say this. And so, even though he was traveling so much and it wore on him, and it, you know, it was tough, and it wore on our marriage, all the things. But he always said, "I get the opportunity to see so much of the country. I get to experience." all these different cities and restaurants and hotels. And he goes, you know, I love travel. He's -hmm. like, this is a bit excessive, but I still love to travel. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the mind shift that we're we're talking about is Mm -hmm. to have, even though it's a job and yes, it's, it presents its challenges. You know, what are the benefits of it?
2: What are the things we're thankful for in that job?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think I it's
2: know. that, it's that I, you know, you, is it, I have to, or I get to. Oh, I hate that phrase, Elise, but <laughs> yes, it's, it's so, so true. true. It <laughs> is true. I mean, it's, you know, and believe me, I, I want to say that if we do do an episode on maybe grappling with whether or not you have to work when, because at, at a certain point I had to work, I will tell you, I went kicking and screaming. My children could testify to that. So I just I don't want to paint a too glossy a picture here, but it Mm -hmm. is true. Again, the mind. I mean, I just I'm so fascinated by all this neuroscience stuff that, of course, has been true forever. And 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 it's mind captive to Christ kind of stuff. It really is. It's it's biblically based, but it's like it's it's being as you said, thankful. I -hmm. I mean, really. I was able to get a job that I could work out of my home. This is way before remote work. You know, the first job I got after being out of work for many years, although, as I said, I did something all along. But when it was time to go from moms in prayer to a paid, legit job, this editing job landed in my lap. Did it make me happy that I had to work now? No, it did not. But you know, eventually I came around. But again, my kids saw some of that too, mm-hmm. and um, they're they're going to see it all. <laughs> yeah. We can't. There's,
0: we, there's that scripture in the Bible that my friend has quoted to me when my kids were little. Um, like, what is it about the ox in the barn and being empty, and like having to sweep the barn, and, and and like when there's no oxen in the barn, you have nothing to sweep, right? Like, there you yeah, go. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. yeah. It's
1: good, Basically, terrible. it's saying there's there's no. Uh, there's nothing to scrape out of the barn if there's no ox. It's like yeah. you know, there's no mess, essentially. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's so true. you know,
0: basically she was like, someday your kids won't be here and you're complaining about cleaning up after them, but eventually you're not gonna have anybody to clean up and after and you're you're gonna miss them. You know, that kind of yeah. like thing. Yeah. So, yeah. so be
2: grateful for that work. Be grateful right. that you are the end the endless work. Yes. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, I don't do anybody's wash anymore. Uh haven't in very many years. And but I do remember again, you know, some of this, I I re I listened to a lot of stuff about how to raise my kids. I listened to Joyce Myers, I listened to Beth Moore, all these, um, Christian women and tapes back in the day we had tapes, but I remember doing my wash and I remember like cursing it like, oh God, I have to do another load of wash, you know, so much freaking wash with all these people. And, um, and then it would, anyway, I won't get into it, but I remember Joyce saying, you know, I was listening to something that she was saying, probably the battlefield of the mind or something like that. And she was talking about like, think about, I don't know if it was the wash exactly, but it was about getting to do something as Mm -hmm. opposed to having to do something. And it was like, boom. And I, and, and she was like, instead of cursing, whatever it is that you're begrudging, start to really pray and bless bless it. And mm-hmm. I mean again, that can sound so Pollyanna and so pat, but honestly, I did it because I didn't want to be literally going, this sock. Yeah, <laughs> this sweater. I, and that's what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I and it was like she oh the point she was making was it's like cursing your children. And I did Ooh. not want to be cursing my children. I know, it was very convicting. So I really did turn it around and it and mm. it was it was easy enough to do. It was kind of like, yeah. okay, It's a short time. Mm -hmm. This will not be forever. And and here I am, as I say, Mm -hmm. it's true. I'm on the other side of it. So, well, I think that flows nicely into
0: this lack of purpose. You know, Mm -hmm. Jess, you've already touched on this, like explaining to our kids why we're doing something that we're doing, right? It makes it really easy for our kids to get with the program. It makes us, like when we really dig deep and search for like, why? Like, why are you doing your kids laundry? Like, I want my kids to have fresh clothes. I want them to be prepared for when you know, they have something coming up and I don't want Mm -hmm. them to be like, you know, the child that doesn't, that can't find something clean because they haven't washed their soccer uniform and it's got the stains on. Like,
2: like there's reasons. I want to take care of them.
0: Yeah. Right. How we're nurturing them, how we're caring for them, how we're choosing to love them. So Mm -hmm. whether it's something as simple as the laundry, which isn't very simple (laughs) um, (laughs) to like Simple, but not why, easy. Why <laughs> Why are we cleaning our room, right? Because eventually yeah. you're going to have a roommate. Eventually you're going to be married and you're going to be sharing a space. Why are we like and understanding, yeah, understanding your why and helping our kids understand why it is that we're doing the work that we're doing. It could be to beautify it beautify our yard. It could be to Mm -hmm. make space for people that God's called us to serve. It could be, you know, there's a number of reasons why we, we are, we're doing, we have to, we get to do the work that we're doing. Mm -hmm. And, and if we understand the why behind it, um, I just think
1: it's that purpose will drive us and it'll give us a desire to work. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Yeah, definitely. You literally gave me the best argument for my household. It's happening tonight. I'm going to, my kids' rooms look like disaster piles and I'm going to go on there and I'll be like, you know, there's a difference between your daddy and mommy, right? Um, you see all this. I'm going to take them into my room and I say, you see all those things? Yeah. Those are not moms. <laughs> Should I have to pick that up? No, I shouldn't. So I'm going to teach you to pick up after yourselves so that you won't have to do that. And your spouse, God bless them, will not have to do it for you. Praise them. (laughs) I think we might have fireworks tonight, but it's a very good point that you're making that. Yeah. You know, we're trying to build like purpose-driven, thoughtful human beings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, think about someone other than yourself. If you want to live like a slob for the rest of your life, go for it. It, Like, I don't think there's going to be like the You know apartment cleaning police coming to your (laughs) house if you live by yourself but you know you will have to deal with insect infestation if you never do your dishes (laughs) and you eat everywhere like you just will that's it. yes yeah um and tell that's like i we tell our kids all the time like if you're not going to eat in the kitchen then you are personally responsible for the exterminator bill (laughs) that's a good one and then they're kind of like huh what (laughs) what what are you
0: talking about yeah (laughs) Yeah. Well, my thing is I didn't want my, I don't want my kids to be the roommate that everyone's annoyed with because they keep, take care of their stuff or they, they, they're messy. I, I just, you know, like I, I am a big believer, like keep a tidy room. And, and I had, um, oh my gosh, Laura Hernandez came on our, my podcast and she was talking about, um, she's all about systems and family systems. And she, she has a bunch of activity chores, activities that are called roommate responsibilities. Like these are things that you're going to need when you have a roommate and um, they're important. Like, and you, and when you frame them like that, you're like, Ooh, they are important. All of a sudden these things that kind of like, you think you can just whatever, forget about, and it's not a big deal. And they're only kids. Well, you know what? They're not going to be always kids. And if they yeah. can't get certain things correct, then they're going to be disrespecting people that they eventually live with.
2: Yeah. I do have that... a go ahead. Sorry, Elise. Well, that's had to fall. That I, I will say that's an area where I remember it so well. Like I, I was so tired of the battle. So tired of the battle. And I got to the point where I, I just closed the door on their rooms. And the only reason <laughs> this is my people pleasing thing. Yes. Approval of man. Fern mm-hmm. Nichols, who is the, who is the head of moms in prayer. Mm-hmm. She told me she closed the door, of her children's bedroom. So I was like, then I can too. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, honestly, Kimberly, I, I feel badly for their roommates, whoever they were and they're, they're done now. <laughs> I will say, um, I know for sure that Amelia, my youngest, who was definitely had things all over the place, um, lives in a beautiful apartment in New York. And I was very excited to go into her room and see it's so organized and mm-hmm. she's got shelves and blah, 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 Yeah. She's put in her own sink. So, yeah. you know, thank God is all I can say. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I worked sure hard on that skill though. That's,
0: a, that's something like my why was very, I had a, I had a big motivation for why, because I was the one who had a roommate who was like, you, yeah, you can live good. this way. Like, I mean, I was kind of neat. Like I had chores growing up, but she was like, you've got to make your bed every day. Like, I don't want to be in this room, like with your mess, you know, really? like essentially. And I love, I mean, I loved her. I loved living with her. And I was kind of like, Oh, like there was things that I just wasn't <laughs> taught. Um, I can even remember my first book girl I lived with outside of college. Like I, like <laughs> My parents would eat cheese, like blocks of cheese, like cut off blocks of cheese, cheese and chips or whatever. And they Sounds would good. like <laughs> put it back in the fridge. And then we would go in and whatever that hard end of the cheese, we just cut off and keep eating it. So like, that's I never so knew funny. I was supposed to wrap the cheese up. Oh, that's so funny. And so my roommate was like, what the heck? I'm like, you just cut off the
2: end. And she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Or like there are people who cut a lime or a lemon or a tomato and they just Mm -hmm. put it on the plate and put it back in the fridge. Mm -hmm. But like we always wrapped everything up. So it's just, it's very interesting. But that that that's see, I was a absolute neatnik when I was a kid. So but I had sisters who were like wild. Mm -hmm. And um (laughs) I didn't I I really didn't get my children. But my husband's Mm. the same way. If given Mm. a space to which he doesn't have anymore but he'll absolutely it will be like Phillip. a bomb went off yes um i don't understand that it's so bad for my psyche that's that's mm-hmm. what it is for me yeah my it's husband's my opposite my mom health.
0: my husband is like
2: so neat is he, is yeah. he? yeah
1: yeah uh, yeah i see I, I have more of the i i'm married to more of like your husband elise where if that's your space. I close his door. I'm like, yeah, closed. Actually, everyone's doors are closed except for mine in my house right now. In fact, yeah, I, I get that. I get <laughs> yeah. that. My Love husband. That you had- said that though, least that is a thing that you can for your own mental health with the uncleanliness. Just close the door. Like it's some days, it's not worth the fight. Mm-hmm. It, it, some days it, became, it is, yeah.
2: but some days you just have to say, I'm going to pass on this. And I'm sure, by the way, I had something to do with setting that up as a power struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't doubt that. Um, mm-hmm. But at a certain point, I just was like, you know what? Yeah. I'm not cleaning it. Yeah. <laughs> One quick story before I go
0: on to the last point. Um, I had a roommate after college when I was unmarried, and he liked to have everything um. Put away nothing on the counter. He was like, nothing goes in the counter in the kitchen. Love that. You just take the appliance out when you use it and you put it back. And at one point, and nothing on the table. Like growing up, everything was on the dining room table. Like if you wanted to eat there, you had to move it. The bills piled up, the laundry piled up, everything's (laughs) on the table. And it was like nothing. Like you, you clean up dinner, you wipe the table down, like it's empty. The counters are empty. I called my mom and I was complaining. I was like, oh my gosh, he is the worst to live with. I can't stand (laughs) this. Why did I do this? There was me and a girl and this guy. We all lived together. Um, she's like, well maybe God's preparing you for your husband. And I was like, he better not be. And now my husband, and at least, you know, my husband.
2: Interesting. He
0: is the same exact way. There's nothing on the counter. If something's out, is there a reason why this is still out? Like, I don't know what's going on here. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know,
2: so your house shows evidence of your husband (laughs) (laughs) because it always looks clean and neat and lovely. Yeah. And mine does now too, but that's because yeah. my children don't live here anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Like maybe he could teach a husband coach school, like for the messy yeah. husbands
2: in the world yeah. Yeah. and say, yeah. you know, Hey, help your wife out. You know, you know what mm-hmm. I find interesting is very few people are in the middle. Yeah. we really do tend to be either messies or mm-hmm. meat mix. Mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. funny. I don't know why that is, but
1: I've had to literally kill the OCD perfection, neat person oh, yeah. As, inside absolutely. of me. Absolutely, absolutely. Because I'm like, no, I would, I would be a panicked, anxious mess. Been there, pretty much all the time. Been there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, even to this day, I, I have to audibly tell my mind, mm-hmm. "You have a dog in the house. You're going <laughs> to see tufts of hair, places." It, it drives me up a wall, and I just have to tell myself, yeah. It's okay, Jess, like just <laughs> it's good. carry on and good get your self-talk. vacuum out. Like
0: <laughs> teach <laughs> your
1: kids to vacuum that up.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I do, right. but it's like,
1: you know, if you have a dog, anybody who has a dog that sheds and we have a golden doodle, she doesn't really shed that much, uh-huh. but even that little bit, yeah. it it it's like, it is nails on a chalkboard to me. Yeah. yeah. So I really mm. have to, you know, tell myself, okay, you know what? Vacuuming day is coming. You get okay. to vacuum.
2: You, you get, get to, to. <laughs>
1: There, I mean, there was a time when there were yep. no
0: vacuum. <laughs> <That's
1: right. laughs> Listen, girl, I'm not having you take the rugs up and smash them with a broom outside on a line. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah.
2: <gasps> awesome. <gasps> oh, that's man. great. All
0: right. So that's actually perfect to segue into our last point. Um, mm-hmm this idea that the more resources we have the less resourceful we become and i think that our kids are in a generation where this is 100% true mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i think of all the hard work that me and my mm-hmm. husband have done so that um their lives could be easier and now their lives are easier and there's no reason for them to do anything so mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know i i recently there's two, there's two things there's one thing that i i want to read from um Okay, so uh, I got this from I don't know how to say here Carrie Compakis. Do we you know who she is? I don't know if I'm pronouncing mm-hmm. that right. Um, she she had this on Instagram a little while back, and this was this was right around the time that I first started to hear this expression that um, hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good not- times create soft men, and then soft men create hard times and then you're Ooh. back to hard times create strong men strong men so it's this this cycle that we're seeing mm, right that sort of generational cycle and he's saying that we're basically in a time of soft men and i heard several people quote that um just talking about what we're seeing in culture today and then it was right around that time that i read this and this is this idea again of um what they call sleeveless to shirtless in three generations mm. and so mm-hmm. It talks about um, most companies don't outlive the first generation, but when they do, it's typically the second generation that grows the business and the third generation that ruins it. Oh, boy. Right? So the first generation starts the business and works tirelessly to grow up. The second generation sees their parents' hard work and witnesses tough times. And the third generation arrives, the company's a well-oiled machine. They enjoy the fruits of the success, but they don't understand the fear and at risk that took them to get there. So the third generation of the family business is the most challenging to maintain. And one way to prevent issues is to force every new generation to earn what they make. So this idea is by the time that third generation Mm. gets the company, they don't know what it's like to work it and to build it. They Mm. take it for granted. And then it typically... Fails. ends it failing wow. or it has a downturn. Yeah. So this th- there's this balance and I've tried to figure out what that balance is and in certain areas I'm better than other and this could be in money this could be in time but this balance of giving and holding back like we have worked hard to have certain things mm-hmm. um but does that take away that edge that we had to work to achieve to succeed to set goals to to push ourselves to go to the next level and you know i you know i think of like every once in a while it's easy for me to do my kids chores because i know they've had a long day but you know what like don't do their chore for them like don't and and, and i'm not saying never i'm saying like
2: no i if we're totally always trying to
0: make it easy for them they're never going to they're going to become soft they're just going to be like like, I don't have to do this. This will yeah, this will magically appear.
2: Yeah, or um, so whether right, yes. As the, case, as the case may be. Exactly. So
0: whether it's giving them, I mean my husband have had this discussion. Like, what do we pay for? And what do we think the kids should be responsible for paying mm-hmm. for? Mm-hmm. What do we think we, we should provide for them versus what should they be busting their butt to get money mm-hmm. to buy if they mm-hmm. want, right? So yeah. what is that yeah. balance of yeah, mom and dad have worked really hard to be where we are now. But at the same time, like you need to know what it's like to have some skin in the game. Mm -hmm. So what have Mm -hmm. you guys found when it comes to that sort of
1: balance? Well, I... I, I, Sorry, Elise, go ahead. ahead. (laughs) I love what you were saying about, you know, like this easy life creates this softness in our spirit and in our motivation. Mm -hmm. It's just Mm kind of like, you, you have this laissez faire kind of attitude, like, ah, whatever, you know, whatever comes and goes. Uh, there was actually a stat, and I don't know uh, where it came from. So I might have to like send you a note, Kimberly, but uh, it was talking about high capacity, high net worth individuals and their succession plan for their children. Hmm. And these high net worth individuals that limited. The inheritance for their children, and told them that in advance. Said, "You're only getting this amount. Uh, That's all you're getting. Everything else, now I'll give you seed money to basically start your own thing, to do your investment investments and things like that." And those children, I forget what the stat is, but it was like far more likely to be a success. Yeah. So I think that that's what you're talking about. It's limiting our enablement. to our children so that they have that, that flex, you know, it's like when you go to the gym, Mm -hmm. the the lighter, the weight, the less, the less strength you have. Mm. And with our kids, for example, we have, we told them early on, we're not buying you a car when you turn 16, just because Mm -hmm. Um, we told them we will split it 50, 50 up to a certain amount. And so if you save the max, then you get the max. If you save the least and mm-hmm. you're going to drive a beater that may not drive, mm-hmm. you know, so we, we kind of had that conversation. My daughter, who is super entrepreneurial, she's already saved like a thousand dollars toward her car. You know, <laughs> she's like, mom, I'm getting the max. I want a nice car. <laughs> you know? yeah. My son who is not money motivated, he has saved some, but that's not his motivation. Yeah. And so for him, I think it will be more of the limitation of his freedom that will motivate him at that time. Mm. Um, But I think those are the things that you just have to know your child. You have to like compel them. Um, But your rules don't change. Like you're like, nope, this is what we said. This is what we're going to stick with.
2: This is how life works. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. It's kind of like, just because you don't want to work as hard for a car doesn't mean we're going to be like, Okay, we'll still do the same, you know. Yeah. Oh, we got your sister sister. like a really
1: expensive car, so we're going to get you one too. Nope, that's not how it works.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think for us, first of all, we lived in a very affluent community and we weren't affluent. And that really helped (laughs) because we couldn't give our kids some of the things that other people were giving. And I have to tell you, I did not feel badly about that at all. I had grown up in the same mm-hmm. community. And we were affluent. This was just the way it was as we were raising our children. So people would say things to me like, well, you have to do this for your kids. And you have, and I'd be like, no, you don't have to buy them these ridiculous uh, designer clothes. I mean, no, my kids to this day shop in thrift stores. It's, it's, I didn't even do that. But they're just like reuse, recycle, they're all about that kind of stuff. Truly much more than I am. I'm not even sure where that came from. Um, but what they really wanted, they I really I mean it because I, I, I like to buy clothes, new clothes. Yeah. Um Target, um, TJ Maxx, definitely. But anyway. <laughs> um, so you know, like things like I mean, our kids absolutely did not get cars, and I remember. If, if they got anything, it was like we were getting ready to get the next car and we had completely <laughs> maxed out the old one. And I remember driving through town and seeing this very young but very tall person in a van, mm-hmm. and, and I looked at her and kind of went, oh, my gosh, she's so young. And it was my daughter because she had this old big van. <laughs> I mean, what? What kid wants to drive a van, right? No, no kid, but that's mm. what we had, and that's yeah. what she could drive to school, um, and so it, it's it's all kind of worked out well. But um, there was something in particular. Oh, I know. I think about this one one particular situation where my daughter Farrell uh, was going on a mission trip to Brazil, and you had you know could we have covered a good portion of it? Maybe, but we absolutely were like, this is an opportunity. If you want to go to Brazil, you got to figure out how to either make it or ask people to donate it to you. You know, you were allowed to write letters to family members and all that kind of stuff. I have to say, those who were not Christians and weren't sending their kids off on mission trips were kind of like, I'm not paying for your kid to go to Brazil. (laughs) But it was like, I didn't write the letter. This was their letter campaign. But I remember um, Farrell, for example, she went to this, this family that runs huge educational um, endeavors. I don't know if you know them, um, Kimberly, the Westons. Mm-hmm. They run like, you know, a big science program up at Montclair State University. They're, that's where they put their money. And my daughter, Farrell, had been in their programs. And so she wrote a letter to them and said, you know, would you um, pay, contribute to this? And I really appreciated the answer. First of all, they were like, first, we don't traditionally give to like a religious organization. We're really about education. And and, um, she was able to argue, you know, they asked her for more information. She wrote a letter back or maybe even had a conversation with them and had to say, this isn't really about religion. This is actually about education and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, these people could have paid the entire amount of course, but they gave her a portion uh, because that's the way they operated as well. It's like, yeah. Are we multimillionaires? Yes, but we're going to give you a portion because you're going to work for the rest of the portion in some other way. And I just feel like those kinds of things were, you know, they taught my kids so many things. One, you have to figure this out on your own. You have to be resourceful. And two, you have to like do things that are uncomfortable, like ask somebody who you don't really know very well for something. You know, there was just a lot of lessons within that mm-hmm. one lesson that um, taught them responsibility taught them to ask for what they need, taught them to step out of their comfort zone and speak to adults in a way they didn't like, all those kinds of things. And I think that all added up to, um, really valuing not money, <laughs> value, mm-hmm. valuing, you know? Yeah. Well, they say innovation comes out of frustration. Yeah. I mean, you
0: know, and it's that thing going back to everything we've talked about already. Um, like the kids need to be bored. They need to be frustrated. They need to, you know, that's part of motive. Some of motivation is having them just be like without resources or yep. without the things that they need, um, hard to do. Yeah.
1: And, and
2: being yeah, bored, where boredom's
1: yeah. the gateway drug to creativity.
2: Yeah, so yeah, so you I know, love just that. let them be bored. <laughs> that's a good quote, Jess. Hey, yeah. quotable a good Jess, quotes. come yes. yes. on, do it. <laughs> yes. But you know, also I think about, I, I told you we didn't have cable. My daughter would have this good friend of hers spend the night frequently and mm-hmm. they put together when they were 10 or less, the pit stop coffee shop because they were bored on Saturday mornings. We didn't have the TV shows that this kid was used to and they had to do something. And again, what did we do? Well, we would support them by giving them some seed money. Or letting them make a mess in our kitchen, you know, they cleaned it up, but it, in, in order to they had to take over our little tiny kitchen in order to do this thing. And so mm-hmm. again, I think those send messages that you may or may not mean to send, but it's kind of like you're bored, you want to do something interesting. We'll support that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that.:
0: Yeah, that's really good. All right, I think that's a lot. I think we've given a lot of good. Things to think about. I'm still thinking about some of the things you've shared with me because, you know, my kids are older, but they're still not in there.
2: They're still working on them. <laughs> yeah. And, and Jess, you certainly are definitely. <laughs> oh,
0: I'm in the throes of it. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's good. Yeah. yeah. So that's good. Any last thoughts before we wrap up? Or we covered it all.
1: I, I would just say, I mean, this is like going total Bible style on people, but go for uh, it. But, you know, it's like the very first thing that God asked Adam to do was work.
2: Mm. He,
1: he said, your job is basically to, you know, name all these animals. You're, you have a job on the earth. And so that builds something in us mm-hmm. that we actually can't put our fingers on always,
2: mm. but
1: doing a good job and having work to do helps us value ourselves. So that would be my lasting like thought for our kids is just, you know, modeling work, teaching them to work is actually going to help build their self-esteem in a way that nothing else can. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Last thought. Agreed. And that's a great why.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: All right. Well, thank you for being with us this evening, ladies. This was great. Mm I hope you guys enjoyed the show. If so, I'd like to ask a favor. Can you head over to iTunes and leave a review? Besides sharing this episode with your friends, leaving a review is one of the most effective ways you can support us and help get the word out about the incredible resources we have to offer. I'm passionate about helping families thrive and your reviews help families find us. Remember, family culture is not about perfect. It's about purpose.